Chapter 38 of the Social War of 1900 or The Conspirators and Lovers. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Meg Turasek. The Social War of 1900 or The Conspirators and Lovers by Simon Landis. Chapter 38 deacon stew frantic with delirium the riot amongst the bloody conspirators in tabernacle hall lasted for nearly one hour before anything like order was established the principal party that was being assaulted was deacon rob stew and reverend joe peer because the majority were overawed time and again by these two great leaders and deacon stew had just a moment previous summarily chastised a brother for uttering similar but less offensive language the deacon even threatened that brother and all the saints without compassion with the penalty of the solemn oath and fate of harry gossamer the apostate and then spoke himself in the most reckless silly and apostatic manner when the reverend joe peer confirmed the same by permitting the deacon to go on until dr tory pansy asked him a question which so opened the deacon's eyes as to almost cause them to start from their sockets deacon rob stew evidently had forgotten himself at the time he uttered those words proving the course and teachings of dr juno which so enraged the balance of the brothers who were always snubbed and chastised by his deaconship if they made the least slip of the tongue that they almost killed both the saintly deacon and cowardly reverend president joe peer had it not been for the wise and dignified nancy clover these two tyrants would have surely had their beating hearts torn out by their roots but sister nancy clover evidently considered it wisdom to permit the snubbed saints to thoroughly beat these domineering twain who became rather too overbearing and when she thought they had enough she mounted the president's rostrum and springing into the chair cried with a loud but dignified voice hold fellow saints you have done enough of this for the present i wish you all to comprehend that neither of us can be benefited by fighting for assuredly a house divided against itself must fall and great will be our fall you are all sure of that then why beat and abuse these zealous hard-working brethren who have devoted more time money and mind to this holy work of sustaining the cause of the elect than this whole community combined i say justly therefore that they have a perfect right to express themselves more freely in this conclave than the rest of you although i think myself that brother rob stew made some foolish remarks but i want you and him also to understand that i do not say this because he is almost dead by the thrashing which you gave him and reverend brother joe peer for i am not afraid to speak my sentiments on any occasion as brothers stew and peer will not be able to transact any more business for a short season i propose to take the floor if dr tory pansy will take the chair after the six brethren are removed to the antechamber their wounds dressed by the doctor and each made comfortable they were at once carefully carried into the handsomely furnished antechamber and placed on separate lounges deacon stew was beaten so badly about the head that his mind wandered and his face and head swelled awfully reverend joe peer was not so much hurt on the head but he complained greatly of his side and lamented as follows lest he should die o lord o lord 
save my miserable life only this time and i will be a better man in the future indeed indeed i will therefore save oh save my life sister nancy clover made a slight examination of the sufferers after the doctor had dressed their wounds and when reverend joe peer bide his beloved sister nancy he said o oh, holy sister pray for me and dear dear sweet sister tell me be o be o o do you think i will die from this bruise god save me no brother peer you won't die be more manly and you will soon be well again responded nancy clover ten thousand thanks angel sister your charming voice and enchanting words always thrill my heart with joy and cause my whole physical nature to warm and strengthen i am much better already by your ethereal power do stay by my side won't you angel of my soul sadly said the awfully pious reverend joe peer no sir i cannot remain with you for i must go to pacify the saints or they may get to quarrelling again and in the heat of passion come in here and beat you worse than before exclaimed nancy clover oh lord help me go quick and prevent them from assaulting me again said he i will do so after i ask the deacon how he is brother stew how do you feel are you conscious of what is going on asked nancy clover but the deacon made no answer when the queenly saint passed into the hall and after Dr. Torpancy was seated in the chair, she spoke as follows. Beloved saints, whilst I regret very much that this war amongst God's elect has taken place, I nevertheless do not doubt but what he so willed it. For everything is preordained, and the elect may anger and sin not. This has been the case with some of us this evening, and as our worthy president and more worthy deacon are lying probably on their deathbeds we should pour out our hearts to god in humble supplication to strengthen us in love and charity for the saints and now as i feel and see that you are all grieved at heart at what has occurred i am free to say that we can confide in one another and go on as if nothing had happened it will take several weeks careful nursing to restore our brethren and in the meantime i propose that we unanimously arouse the worldlings by telling them of the great danger that hangs now over them on account of dr juno preaching and spreading forth energetically his vulgar natural doctrines we all know that by nature we are defiled and abased therefore to me his teaching of natural things is repugnant to my maiden feelings an inherent saintly modesty at this moment deacon rob stew staggered into the hall in a demoniacal manner and proclaimed damnation to apostates and usurpers which caused a furious rush toward him End chapter thirty eight recording by meg Turasek.